0: you get you want to open in prayer today hey. father we come to you humbly before you father and we want to thank you for your awesome presence and for everything that you're doing in everybody's life but especially father we give you praise and honour and worship for who you are thank you father that you lead you guide you direct And we ask you, Father, that you would give divine intervention for all the needs of all the people here today and those that are in our hearts that we're praying for, that we're standing in the gap for. We thank you, Father, that you are the one, the only one, that can answer all those needs. In Yeshua's name, we give you thanks, Father. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, I want to. I want to uh, talk on a, a couple of points on just the focus of the message of the gospel of the kingdom. Um, I was just browsing. Uh, Renee was was helping me a, a few weeks back, just making sure that when people put "build those of faith" in the search engines that uh, it goes to the news site and things open up. So I was checking out, you know, some of the links that were going through to bulldozer faith and where the pages were going to and things. Anyway, there was an article that uh, 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 a theologian, teacher, writer, author had done on one of my messages uh, back in 2017. And it came up in the Google feeds. And I, uh, I was, I was looking at the message, and I'm not, I'm not going to answer the message. But there was a couple of points in it which I thought, oh man, that's really quite interesting. What uh, he has to say in that point of the message. But I'm trying to scroll to see uh, if I've got the title. And this was the title of what what he had on the message. Where is the camera? Uh, it says eyes on Israel. And he took it out of a message that uh, I was sharing um, where I made a statement um, where I was just talking about, you know, events that were happening within the nations. And um, where is the statement that I made at the end? Will this shaking drive people to the light of Yehovah and get the nations back on track with their eyes on Israel? Is our theology right concerning Israel and our part in the restoration of Israel? And this is what made this teacher really mad was that point of what I said, Uh, because his whole thing was, it's not about Israel. It's all about Christ. It's all about Messiah, Uh, you know, from before the foundations of the earth till uh, till the end, it's all about Messiah. It's not about Israel. And he did a whole article where he totally misunderstood everything that I was communicating within the message and what I was sharing within the message. And he just got off in this whole offense uh, totally down the wrong track. Because listen, you know, so, so many people have been indoctrinated with the understanding and the thinking. That it's all about the church. Um, it's all about Christ and the church. but And of course, it, it is about the ecclesia, the assembly. But uh, if you've hung around me for long enough, you know what I feel about the word church. And if we use the word church, then did Yeshua come and start a new religion? You know, and when I read through this article of this theologian, Who I've had on my radio show probably about 18, 20 years ago. Um, He obviously got uh, a message or something, or someone sent him what I uh, shared. And they don't understand the importance that we are Israel and who we are as the body of Messiah, that there is no covenant in the scripture for the Gentiles. But also, when we study the scriptures, Messiah is coming back, and the actual physical location of Israel is important according to Bible prophecy. So, you know, I've I've been stuck in Jeremiah and um, all through this time where I've been in the hospital, if I'm doing the night shifts and staying all night with Haley's mom, and I'm just uh going through the book of uh, I said Isaiah Jeremiah and I've just been going through Jeremiah, Jeremiah, Jeremiah and uh, you know you sometimes think what are some of the key cries that you hear from the prophet what are some of the cries that you hear what what's some of the words that stick when you've listened to the same book you know 50, 60 times going over and over and over, and, and sometimes you're just washing in those scriptures and then you realize the penny drops and the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. And the book of Jeremiah is such an important book concerning the new covenant. But also we see in the book of Jeremiah chapter three, uh, the challenge of uh, the prophet of what Yeshua is saying to Israel, you know, when it comes to the divorce. I'm going to divorce Israel. I'm going to send you away. You are, uh, you know, I'm married to you, but I'm going to give faithless Israel her certificate of divorce and send her away because of all of our adulteries. Yet I saw that her unfaithful sister Judah had no fear. She also went out and committed adultery because Israel's immorality marred so little to her. She defiled the land and committed adultery with stone and wood. In spite of all this, her unfaithful sister Judah did not return to me with all of her heart, but only in pretense declares Yehovah. Yehovah said to me, Faithless Israel is more righteous than unfaithful Judah. Go proclaim this message towards the north. Return, faithless Israel declares Yehovah. And that return, that call to return, Happens, you know, four or five times in this portion of scripture, just within this chapter. I think it's five times you see uh, return faithless people, return faithless Israel. I'm just sort of scanning down the page just to see where the others are uh, within that portion of scripture. You can go back and read uh, Jeremiah chapter three and uh, just see the importance. But, you know, there's something that we see within. This scripture, and that's in the area of backsliding as well. Some some people have said, you know, is there such a place, uh, a Bible verse that talks about backsliding? And it all depends on what translation of the scriptures that you're using. But in verse 22, return faithless people, I will cure your backsliding. Now, isn't that an interesting statement? I will cure your backsliding. And, you know, here the prophet or, or the word of Yehovah is being spoken like backsliding uh, is something that needs a cure. It's a dis-ease. It's a disorder. Hallelujah. What does the father want? He wants us to be aligned to his word by the Ruach HaKodesh. He wants us to be aligned to walk in his ways, he wants us to seek him with all of our heart. Hallelujah. He wants us to stand on his promises. So I'm going to bounce around a little in this portion of scripture, but I want you to catch the fire of the Spirit as we fellowship this evening, that you will uh, just capture what the Spirit is saying to each and every one of us, because, you know, it doesn't matter how you look to other people. It doesn't matter how you look before man. The question is, how do we look before Jehovah? We see all the promises uh, and the miracles that the father did in bringing the children of Israel out of Egypt. Yet, what did he say? You hard hearted, rebellious people, you know, you're not going to enter the land. So, just the fact that you see all the signs, you see all the wonders, the question is, what are we living for? Are we living in accordance with the will and purpose of Yehovah? Have we united ourselves, yoked ourselves to Yeshua? Have we yoked ourselves to Yeshua? And in this article, John Zen, he's gone through the whole thing. You know, don't talk about Israel. It's not about Israel. It's all about Messiah. Well, when you understand what Israel is all about, you'll understand just how much it's all about Messiah, you know? But they have this concept that the church has replaced Israel, and there's no such thing in the scriptures as the church. We are not the church. We are the assembly. We are the called out ones. So we are called to be called out. We are not called to walk in our ways. We're called to walk in his ways. So in verse 14 of Jeremiah 3, it says, return again, return faithless people declares Yehovah for I am your husband. And, uh, you know, many people want to buff off the importance of the marriage relationship between Israel and Yeshua. Oh, it's just a metaphor. Just don't, you know, it's not really that important. Let's look at, at other things. But, you know, when it comes to that marriage plumb line that we see in Scripture, you know, it's like they, they they can't see it when how important is the marriage? It's so important. Let me tell you, if if Yeshua didn't marry Israel, then there is no redemption because to be restored from fallen man in the garden, uh, you know, of the sin of Adam and Eve and, and being born uh, to a sinful nature and not born uh, into righteousness. If Adam and Eve or Eve uh, hadn't failed at the time of temptation, if she has succeeded, all of the children of Adam and Eve would have been born unto righteousness. Hallelujah! And that didn't happen. So in Yeshua, we are born unto righteousness, but it's not it's not uh, possible for us to just be restored back to the office that Adam held in the garden, the dominion that he had, because he gave up the rights that he had. He released them to Hasatan. So what's important is the father has to make a way so that we can have a new position. Mankind can have a new position. And that new position is to be in the family of Yehovah. We have to be married. And that's what we see in this portion of scripture. For I am your husband, I will choose you, one from a town, two from a clan, and bring you to Zion. Verse 15, then I will give you shepherds after my own heart, who will lead you with knowledge and understanding. And this is what we need. We need the shepherds that have knowledge and understanding from the very heart of Yehovah in those days. When your number has increased greatly in the land, declares Yehovah, people will no longer say the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. It will never enter their minds or be remembered. It will not be missed, nor will another one be made. Now, isn't that interesting that we have that all the way back here in Jeremiah? People are not going to be thinking about the Ark of the Lord. They're not going to be thinking about it. Why? Because of the promises of what we have in Yeshua. That ark of the covenants. Now, I don't know if you thought about it the way I thought about it, but but everything that was made in the temple on earth was a shadow of that which is in heaven. So, what do we have in heaven? We have the ark of the covenant in the place of perfection, providing a way of mercy, a mercy seat, a place where forgiveness uh, can be brought forth. You know, from the place of perfection, that's what was there. Isn't that amazing? The father already knew what was going to take place, what was going to happen, and he made provision in advance. And that's one of the words I want us to capture tonight, And something that's very important that we understand in our spirit. The Father has made provision for you in advance. It doesn't matter what you face, doesn't matter what you're going through. He has made provision for you in advance. Now, we're a faith-based family. We live by faith. We're a mission-based family. We want to function on the basis of being effective for the kingdom in everything that we do. And that means that we are a poured out offering in everything that we do. It's not about what we hold for ourselves. It's pouring out for the purpose of the kingdom. And uh, Haley uh, Hannah has got a, a new blog post that's coming out probably this week. I won't I won't uh, tell you all the info I'll send it out to you so you get to see it. And it was about all the miracles that took place in the process of the move, of us moving house. And I, I got to sit down and, and spend time with Hannah uh, just going through her um, letter, and article that she was putting together, which was really great. And, you know, I talked about, you know, every time we've moved house, it's been supernatural. Every time we've had to make a move, we've never had the ability to make the move in the flesh. It has to happen by the spirit. It's got to be supernatural. And uh, for Hannah, from her perspective, she's 25. Obviously, how many moves has she been through in 25 years? Quite a number to different countries, different places, uh, you know, as we've served Yehovah in the nations. And, you know, I reminded her of one time we stood at this property in North Carolina and she went up to the agent and handed her a little sheep purse that had, uh, you know, cents and, and just small coins American currency in it and she hands it to the the agent and says I want to buy this house for my mummy and daddy this is where we're going to live <laughs> you know so her perspective was this is how the provision the, the, let's just buy the house I've got all my money in my sheep purse you know that will cover it all of course that's not going to cover it is it but from the from the cry of babes they can still recognize the anointing, the blessings of Yahovah, the provision of Yahovah, the direction of Yahovah. Are we spiritually tuned in? And in Jeremiah chapter 3, what we're seeing here is we're seeing not just faithless Israel, but we're also seeing uh, faithless Judah. They're involved uh, in, in living in the pressures of this world, just doing things their own way. But yet in the midst of all of this, we see that message that is underlined all through the book of Jeremiah, return, return. And and this was one of the words that really was speaking to me as I was going through the book of Jeremiah, return, return to me, return to me. And you know we see uh, the the importance of the new covenant in Jeremiah 31, 31. But I just want to I want us to see that there is a purpose and there is a plan that the Father has for each and every one of us. Yes, He will provide for us, but it's not about us tuning in in the presence of Yahovah for what we need for ourselves. The question is: Are we seeking? to plug ourselves into the power source to be about kingdom work. Are we living for the king? Are we living each day for his presence, for his will, for his purpose? Have we set our hearts like a flint to press in in accordance with his will and his purpose? If that is so, then we will have a we will have a desire within our heart to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We'll have a desire within our heart to see this land supernaturally turned around. Now, I'm not talking about the support of Judaism, false religion. I'm not talking about Christian Zionism. I'm talking about the agenda of the Tanakh. What's the agenda of the scripture he says in this portion of scripture in those days what days the days when i'm going to pick you out i'm going to bring you back i'm going to give you a shepherd who's uh, after my own heart i'm going to lead they they will lead you with knowledge and understanding in those days your numbers will increase greatly in the land <clears throat> declares the lord people will no longer say the ark of the covenant of the Lord. It will never enter their minds or be remembered. It will not be missed, nor will another be made. At that time, they will call Jerusalem the throne of Yehovah, and all the nations will gather in Jerusalem to honor the name of Yehovah. They're not going to gather in Jerusalem for the gay pride march. They're not going to gather in Jerusalem for the over, uh, you know, uh, turning over the government or dealing with um, legislation in the courts or or the agendas of the leftists and whatever, you know? They're not going to gather in Jerusalem for those purposes, but they're going to gather in Jerusalem to honor the name of Yehovah. My heart's desire is that we see a mighty outpouring of the Spirit here in the land of Israel, and how important is that within our prayer life? It should be very important. Why? How will it affect your testimony and my testimony in the nations if we are seeing prophecy being fulfilled within the land? Now, you've got the pre tribbers out there, you know, their mindset is the church is going to be raptured out, you know, it'll be raptured out. Israel, oh man, they're just going to be a mess. And after the wedding supper of the lamb and the marriage takes place, then the church is going to come back with Yeshua. And then Israel is going to look upon the one whom they've pierced and all Israel will be saved. You know, it's a misconcept, a misunderstanding of what it says within the scripture. There is only one gospel in the scripture, only one gospel. There's only one way that you can be saved, and that's through Yeshua. And you have to be married. If we are not married, we have not got the fullness of redemption of fallen man. Now, right now, we are betrothed to Yeshua. We're betrothed to him. So we're not married yet, but we are as good as married because we're engaged to him. And engagement um, in a Hebraic mindset, engagement is just as uh, committed and serious as how we see in the west or uh, how marriage uh, the marriage covenant uh, is considered once you say i do i do well when you're betrothed you've basically already given your word and what's happening the the bridegroom is going away to prepare the place so you can't just like break it off and say ah oh, well sorry about that and the bridegroom's halfway through building the house on his father's property and getting ready for the bride to come no, that's not how it's going to work there. But what does it say? At that time, they will call Jerusalem the throne of Yehovah, and all the nations will gather in Jerusalem to honor the name of Yehovah. No longer will they follow the stubbornness of their evil hearts. In those days, the people of Judah will join together. Hallelujah. They will join the people of Israel, and together they will come from the northern land, to the land I gave your ancestors as an inheritance. This is not all about Judah. It's about the whole house of Israel. And Christian Zionism, they just want to say that it's all about the Jews, all about Judah, and if Judah's back in the land, then that means the Messiah can come. Well, it doesn't say that in the scripture. The whole house of Israel has to return To the land. Now, how's that going to happen? It's going to be supernatural. It's going to be a supernatural event. So, we need to walk the streets of Jerusalem, just like Russell's doing right now. We've got to walk the streets of Jerusalem. We've got to pray over the streets of Jerusalem, pray over the land of Israel, because there are prophecies that need to be fulfilled within this land. We should be investing in what we're doing to make a difference. In the land of Israel. So, this gentleman who wrote a whole article against effectively one part of a statement, it was all built on a misunderstanding on who is Israel. What is Israel? And, you know, how can people read through the scriptures and have the conclusion that all prophecy is already being fulfilled and we're just waiting on the second return of Messiah? There's so much within the word that still has to happen. Return, faithless people. I will cure your backsliding. That's what we saw in verse 22. Yes, we will come to you, for you are Jehovah our Elohim. Surely, I adulterous um, uh, commotion on the hills and mountains is a deception. Surely, in Jehovah our Elohim is the salvation of Israel. So we see the response, and that that response is spoken of in the book of Hosea, and that book of Hosea is just that prophetic testimony that the northern kingdom is coming home. And from a theological perspective, it looks like if God has divorced Israel, how can God remarry Israel? Well, the reality is, it was Yeshua who married Israel at Mount Sinai. And because he died and rose again, he is able to remarry Israel. Hallelujah. What an incredible portion of scripture we have here in this section. Uh, in, verse, uh, uh, in chapter 4 and verse 3, it says, this is what Yehovah says to the people of Judah and to Jerusalem, break up uh, your unplowed ground and do not sow among forms. uh, forms. Circumcise yourselves to Yehovah. Circumcise your hearts, you people of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, or my wrath will flare up and burn like fire because of the evil you have done. Burn with no one to quench it. You know, that's the judgment that we see there that comes to those who are disobedient, who do not receive from Yehovah. Circumcise yourselves to Yehovah. It's not about the circumcision of the flesh. It's about the circumcision of the heart. Is your heart naturally towards Yehovah? Have we surrendered in the born again experience so that we are not in that place where we're sick with the disease of backsliding? Yeah. Verse 22 of chapter three, I'll cure your backsliding. Hosea chapter six, verse one, I'll I'll cure your backsliding. Return to me, faithless people. You know, there'll be many times where we fail. There'll be many times where we fall short. We don't know the end from the beginning. And sometimes you look at circumstances and situations and things that's happening within your life, and you can think, where is Yehovah in the midst of that? And just as we were going through the testimony of all of the incredible things that happened in the four months leading up to our move, and the the documentation and the things that, that Hannah outlined, you look at how people act in the midst of the trial, and you look at how people act after the trial. And what do we learn? Sometimes we don't act the way we should act in the midst of the trial. And then when we get to the end of it, we see the glory of Yahovah, the blessings of Yahovah, the miracles of Yahovah. Oh, yeah, we're rejoicing there. But what does the Father want us to do through the challenges and the difficult times and the delays and the things that we face? He wants us to set our hearts like a flint. He wants us to understand, I don't want you to be any different in the midst of the trial from a heart perspective, the circumcision of ourselves than when you break through, when you come out the other end. So he wants us to be consistent in the knowledge and the will of Yehovah. He wants us to be in a place where we have understanding, and this is why we need shepherds in the house of Israel. This is why we need people to bring forth the word of Yehovah and guidance so that we can stand in the midst of trial and temptation. And also, we've got to get to that place where we're not in that place of isolation on our own. We've got to recognize just how important it is to have each other, to fellowship with each other, to pray with each other to stand together because if we're not uh, encouraging others in Yehovah, you know, it can cause people to fall and you might think, well, that's just on them. You know, they just fell. When well, I'm sorry to hear about that person who fell or what that person or this person went through. Well, at least I didn't go through that. I didn't act like that. I'm okay. But did we have opportunity where we could have shared, where we could have poured in, where we could have been that blessing, that encouragement? And that's what I want us to think about. The circumcision of ourselves to Yehovah. Circumcise your hearts, you people of Judah, you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Get to that place where we align ourselves in the presence of Yehovah. So it is important that we get focused on the message. We get focused on the reason. Why do we do the feasts? Why are we rehearsing at these times of the feasts? And and we're getting ready coming into the fall feasts. And uh, what day are we on? I don't even know what day it is. It's the 10th of September. So we've um, we've probably got six, seven days, and we'll be doing a live um, sighting of the new moon from the beach on the Mediterranean here uh, in northern Israel. So that's going to be exciting. For the for Yom Truah, the Feast of Trumpets, hallelujah. For the shout, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait for the feast. But what are we rehearsing for? What are we doing as we walk in the feast? as we walk in the Sabbath, we're recognizing the prophetic significance of what they are to our lives and what they are to Yehovah and what the message is that he is speaking to the assembly, to each and every one of us, that we need to follow the feasts of Yahuwah. So the spring feasts are about what's happening to us personally. It's your salvation. It's being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's you dealing with your personal sin. It's receiving the Spirit. All of these things that are taking place. And the fall feasts are about the nation of Israel, And it's not just the land and the people who live in this land. It's about us as the nation of Israel, the people of Israel. And the Father is instilling in us the fullness of what that truly means. So, yes, there is an importance to this physical land here in Israel. It is important that we pray, even when you see the rebellion, even when you see all the things that goes on, on the streets of this land. You know, I was speaking to one guy this evening, uh, just an hour before the call, and and one of the statements he said, we was talking about uh, startups and uh, different companies that he has in Australia and New Zealand. And uh, he said, you know, one of your biggest problems you have here in Israel with startups, he says, there's too many Jews. He says, that's the problem. There's too many Jews. (laughs) And what he meant is, there's just way too many opinions. It just takes a lot longer to get things done. Uh, and the process is a nightmare. And, you know, that's why they're so angry all the time. And when the lights change, they're already beeping their horn. Like, why haven't you left already? Hurry up. Let's get moving. <laughs> you know, they're not patient. They don't uh, They don't want to follow laws. They don't want to follow rules. They're just, rah, you know, and that's just the culture of, uh what's going on here in the land. But when we circumcise ourselves to Yehovah, we're saying, Father, I give you permission by the born-again experience. I receive the circumcision of the heart. I want my heart to be towards you. And that's what we want today, right now, Father. We just come before you. We don't have all the answers. We don't have all the ability to do everything that we need to do. But, Father, we call on your name. We want our heart to be towards you. So, Father, if there's anyone that's suffering with this dis-ease called backsliding, I come against that dis of backsliding. I speak the cure over your life right now. And what's that cure? To hear the word of the Lord, return to me. Return to me. And if we will just say, Yes, Yehovah, Yes, Lord, Yes, I'm returning to you, you will be healed. You will be restored because there's no man can circumcise that which only takes place in the spirit. It's not about your flesh. You might be looking all perfect to everyone on the outside, but inside you're a screwed up mess, and the Father is saying, I want to bring transformation to your heart today. I want to align you, each and every one of us, to the will and to the purposes that the Father has for us. So that as we come into the feast and, and listen, I don't take this month of Elul running around, you know, dealing with uh, forgiveness. Uh you know, we are not following Judaism. Like what are we what is all this nonsense? Listen, it's not about good deeds religion. That is not what's going on within our lives. You know, it's we should always have a heart that is prepared after Yehovah. So I see a lot of things on the social media, people using this opportunity for their time of repentance, their time of of dealing with things that's happened in the past. If I've done this against you, please forgive me, whatever, and so on. Listen, this should be our lifestyle, So we're not following the pattern of Judaism through this. This is not the lead up to the fall face. We should be in that vein of the supernatural life of the spirit. So let's not get caught up with the traditions of man, but let us be focused on what the scripture really says and return to Yahovah in all of our ways that we do. And that spirit of religion will be broken. And that's what we need so much, especially within a Hebraic mindset, that we don't get caught up in the trimmings of religion, that we don't get caught up in the patterns of what Judaism's interpretation might be on uh, the scriptures concerning the feast. But I want to see Yeshua. In the feast, I want to see who he is. He tabernacled amongst us. It's the wedding supper of the Lamb. It's the birth of Messiah. What's Yom Kippur? It's the repentance of the nation. It's the people of Yehovah coming before the Father, repenting before Him, that the nation will walk in forgiveness, will walk in purity before Yahovah and before man. Hallelujah. So, yeah, we have those elements, but when we look at this good deed system of modern Judaism and what that looks like, you know, they kind of change the whole flow of the month of Elul or the the month, uh, the sixth month of the year. So I just want you to think about that, that we don't get caught up with these systems. You know, we don't need Kabbalah. We don't need Judaism. We don't need any other religion. We need to be in relationship with Yeshua. So, anyway, listen. Thanks for listening. Uh, as I've just shared my heart, what a blessing! Uh, just to uh, share with you uh, what's on my heart. I've just, I've just sat in Jeremiah chapter three. Actually, I had all these other scriptures and things, but you know, Father, we love you. I thank you, Father, for our time together. I thank you for your word. Father, we don't have all the answers. We don't have all the ability, but we trust you. We lean into you right now, and we ask you to equip us, to empower us for your purpose. We worship you in Yeshua's name. Hallelujah.